0: Hello and welcome to Bottom of the Ballot. My name is Jordan Tendora and I'm going to be your host for this podcast. I'm really excited to explore and learn with you along the way as we uh, take a deeper dive into down-ballot races and this political climate. Uh, This is something I've been hoping to do for a while and I'm just really stoked that you're joining us today and uh, let's get started. This podcast is going to really focus on those political races that are Maybe not given as much attention as they deserve. This could be anything from school board, city council, county commissioner, you know you name. Nowadays, we tend to really focus on the high profile races, the presidential race, which I'm sure you're inundated with in every form of media that you consume right now. other federal races and high profile governor races. By doing that, though, we really miss a lot of the interesting, quirky, and often inspiring stories that happen with down-ballot races uh, with your local elections in your town and your city, it, it's often overlooked the impact that they may have uh, on our daily lives. And in a lot of cases, these down-ballot ones uh, actually have more of an impact on your everyday community and your, your day-to-day life. Little background on myself, I actually started my professional career after college in local politics, uh, working city council races, uh, state representative race uh, in California, New Mexico, and Pennsylvania. I eventually started working for a national political action committee, uh, super PAC, if you will, and then uh, after that, I decided to start transitioning out of the campaign life. I worked for a software company for a couple of years, but most of my clients were actually grassroots organizations, political and non-profits, so uh, I was still a little bit in the game. Um, since then, I have retired, as I say, retired from the political cowboy life, uh, but I still do have an interest in politics, and I'm hoping to uh, explore some more and learn with you. Today, our topic is going to be something that either excites people or really infuriates them. Uh, that's political lawn signs. Uh, love them or hate them, you're going to start seeing them more and more as we get closer to the November election. You're probably already seeing a lot right now, uh, from the national level all the way down to uh, the town council, town supervisor, uh, you know, school board, everything like that. They pop up in your neighbor's yards. you see seen them on random medians. Businesses have them. They're illegally placed on highways, uh, what have you. No, I'm no expert, but I can definitively tell you two things about campaign signs. Candidates absolutely love them, and campaign managers absolutely hate them. However, from the presidential race all the way down to your school board election... It's really expected that you have them. Uh, have them for your volunteers and for your supporters and uh, just have a bunch in your office ready to go. Most candidates carry them in their car. I know as the campaign manager, I drove around with about anywhere between 50 and 100 lawn signs at any given time because uh, you never know who's going to ask for one or when your candidate's randomly going to text you and say you have to drop them off at so-and-so's house because it's super important and you know, time is of the essence. If you talk to political consultants and campaign managers at any level they're probably going to tell you that lawn signs are not that effective they're really not that important uh, but you just kind of have to have them Uh, but what's kind of interesting is a lot of things weird things actually happen with lawn signs you end up having actual fights and scandals around them at the local level vandalizing or stealing lawn signs is nothing new happens probably in every election you may have had it happen in your house Uh, But occasionally, these actually turn into things that can affect the race. I can tell you as a campaign manager, you have a million things to do. You've got to staff the candidate. You've got to uh, work with the messaging. You've got to work with the press. You've got to work with the consultants. uh, You you have to do pretty much everything with the campaign or have your hands in everything uh, during the campaign. However, lawn signs end up being a big part of what you have to do day to day. Uh, simply because volunteers love them for some reason. They love coming and asking for them and asking if they can put them up anywhere. Your candidates tend to put a lot of importance on them. Uh, I can tell you I've sat with a candidate for two hours as they put out a map of the district and showed me where the big lawn signs were going to be, pointing at different intersections. And uh, it was like they had a a risk map or, or something like that. And they were uh, telling me how strategically they were going to win the district with the well-placed lawn signs. I have had candidates ask me to figure out how many lawn signs uh, are in our precinct uh, for our side and how many are in there for the opponent. Uh, So I'm not really proud of this, but I have sent a deputy campaign manager out there into the world with a flashlight in his car uh, counting lawn signs in the middle of the night. Probably one of the more interesting stories I have uh, with lawn signs was when I was managing a city council race. Now, I'll never forget this. We were heading the polls, I would say, probably 70, 30 at the time. Uh, We were really expected to win. We were doing great, had a lot of momentum. Uh, But then, you know, October, those come those October surprises, as they call them. And October surprise really refers to, uh, in the political campaign world, a last minute kind of surprise from the other side. Uh, scandal or uh, information bomb, anything like that that they'll drop uh, as you get closer to election day in hopes of s- swinging the, the, the polls a different way. Uh, swinging support, rather, to their side. As I mentioned, we were doing really well. Uh, wasn't really worried about anything. Uh, it was a few weeks before election day. Uh, we were hitting doors. Volunteers were hitting doors. Um, everything was going great. Uh, then I get a call one morning. Uh, It's from the candidate's spouse, and uh, it's asking me when I'm coming to the office. This is about 5.30 in the morning. So apparently what happened was, over the course of a few weeks, the other side, the other campaign, uh, their supporters, I I don't believe it was the actual campaign themselves, uh, started putting the opponent's lawn signs on um, my candidate's lawn. Uh, They would do it in the middle of the night. Uh, Her husband would... Go and give the dog a walk late at night, take down the lawn signs, uh, cut them up and throw them away. Uh, It's his right to do that. They're putting it on his property. Uh, It really shouldn't have been an issue. However, one night he's doing this and uh, a couple political consultants jump out of the bushes with a camera and a spotlight as he's throwing away the lawn signs. Uh, He gives him a little bit of a chase, falls down, hurts himself it's now become a thing so the next morning i get a call we are discussing this Uh, we're trying to figure out you know how we're going to handle this what actually happened it it sounds like it might be a dumb story but but not really Uh, so of course the other side announces they're having a press conference 9 a.m in the district and they're going to show evidence that our candidate's husband was stealing lawn signs and destroying them and disposing of them. Uh, you will never believe the, the tidal wave of events that happened after this. So after that, uh, we had every single news outlet in the Bay Area. Uh, calling us for a city council race in San Jose. We had people driving in from San Francisco, uh, every channel that you can think of, every paper, everybody wanted to speak to the candidate, speak to the husband. It became a whole thing. Uh, The other side actually had DVDs of the incident. Uh, Yes, this was a time of DVDs and they were handing them out uh, to the press. The press went to the press conference and then they came to uh, our candidate's house. It was a whole mess. And for the next couple weeks, people would actually ask us about what happened when we're out the farmer's market, when we're hitting doors. They didn't really know the full story or, or they were kind of confused on what was going on. So now we're forced to actually explain this silly story of the other side putting lawn signs on our candidate's front yard. It becomes a scandal. It's in the newspapers. It's on all the news. I got family members calling me about it. I walk into the cigar lounge and they are just uh, smoking their cigars and laughing about it and pointing at me. And I'm just like, look, guys, I'm not going to talk about this right now. Uh, We still won the election handily because, you know, we had the best candidate uh, in this race. We had the most experienced candidate and candidate that had been lived and worked in the district. Uh, for quite some time the fact that they tried to use this crazy story just goes to show that you can actually have a PR scandal with something as little as a lawn sign you know as I was prepping for this episode I wondered uh, does anyone have kind of an experience that I had with that political race turns out if you google political lawn sign scandal Or political lawn sign theft you will get dozens of articles uh, recently even in every state that you can imagine just talking about vandalized lawn signs people willing to press charges lawsuits uh, people wondering what's happening with all their lawn signs and uh, the DA getting involved things like that it's crazy so I decided to reach out to some of my friends who work local campaigns or are still working local campaigns and kind of get their perspective on it and explore a little bit about the lawn sign uh, mentality and you know why it's a thing in politics today. All right, uh, so I'm here with my friend Ray Saylor. Um, she's got quite a bit of political experience here. We worked together uh, when I was with uh, Super PAC back in the 2014 election cycle. Uh, we've stayed friends since and stayed in touch. And uh, she's actually stayed with the political game uh, when I actually retired. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk to her a little bit, get her uh, insight here, um, because she's actually managed campaigns uh, like myself, some bigger ones actually, and see what she has to say here and uh, about our topic today. Um so Ray, maybe you could start off by telling me a little bit about your political journey here, just kind of a brief overview, share with our listeners sure. uh, a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah. So um we met when we were both um chasing around Republicans to film their hypocrisy on tape in different parts of the country. And um since then I've yeah just sort of um been on the campaign train i've been in a bunch of different states pennsylvania virginia new york hawaii i guess i should mention like i've done a lot on small races not any municipal but a lot of like state ledge um and i like them because especially when you're young and starting out like we both kind of were when we were working together small races are such a great chance to get big job experience
0: and real mm, responsibility mm-hmm.
1: early early on and that really sort of i think sped up my learning curve
0: you most recently worked for uh pete Buttigieg's uh presidential campaign yeah. obviously that's a very different uh kind of uh race and very different than what the focus of this podcast is, but I'm really interested to hear kind of how your experiences differed uh, from that race and uh, with your local elections.
1: So, yeah. So obviously a presidential, suddenly we've got a staff of hundreds instead of me and the candidate and maybe one other person.
0: You've had a lot of face-to-face time with uh, candidates under state ledge races, lawn signs, Uh, campaign signs in general Uh, you see them everywhere we're going to start seeing more as we head into uh, the election season I want to kind of get your your take on on lawn signs as a campaign manager's um, you know viewpoint why do you think candidates love them so much
1: because everybody likes to see their name in print
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely that that really I think is kind of the main thing
1: I mean yes but I also think that that you know when you write a fundraising email, it's also true that people love to see their name in print. Mm -hmm. So you, you put in a bunch of personalized little like, Oh, hi, Ray. Oh, hi Jordan. How are you doing today? We really need your help, Jordan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um,
1: And so I think, you know, yeah, it's, it's pleasing to see them. It's pleasing to see that your team is being represented. Um, and I know that campaign managers hate them, but you know, probably the first thing I got taught was everybody's going to on campaigns, right? Is everybody's going to ask you about yard signs. The yard signs don't matter, but just, you know, tell them that we're getting new yard signs soon in order to shut them up. Right. And I'm yeah. sure you got the same thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, every day, everyone's calling for a sign. No one's calling to walk a precinct.
1: Right. But also like, if yard signs are really truly as irrelevant as campaign managers will all tell you that they are, then why does every campaign end up with yard signs? Are okay. there seriously no? Are there seriously zero candidates who can be convinced that yard signs are a bad investment? I don't think so. I think that candidates and volunteers often put too much emphasis on yard signs, but I do think that they have.
0: Valuable purposes. You you brought up volunteers. I want I want to pivot to that a little bit. Um, volunteers f- for some reason get really excited about lawn signs. Um, I had a group of volunteers that kind of went rogue one day and just put lawn signs up and down one of the main thoroughfares in the district uh, for a city council race and illegally. That, that, illegally, yes. They they were not in. They were in public places, uh, medians, uh, businesses that didn't actually ask for them. Uh, that kind of force campaign staff to retrieve them because you can get fines for Great. for doing so. Um, but that's always stressful, but volunteers get so jazzed up about lawn signs. Uh, and we, every campaign at a local level, state level, whatever, there there are stories of lawn signs being vandalized, stolen, things like that. I, we can go on and on. Uh, why are volunteers so jazzed up about lawn signs as opposed to, Uh, talking to voters or any other type of volunteer activities
1: well i think because it's visible you Mm -hmm. know i mean like and and for the same reason that um like on a larger campaign on a presidential campaign people get real jazzed up about tv ads Mm -hmm. you can see all of your opponent's tv ads Mm -hmm. you cannot see your opponent's door knocks right so I can drive around my district and I can get a sense of like, who has more yard signs, Mm -hmm. even without counting them. I can get a sense. I can't without, unless, unless they want to brag and they want to tell somebody, I can't get a sense of how many voters they've contacted. Sure. So that makes voter contact, even though that's very much our bread and butter, I think in a lot of ways, very unsexy. I mean, I definitely remember on my very, very, very first campaign before I was staff when I was only a volunteer, being instructed, being given about two dozen yard signs and being told, like, this is the route that the candidate takes to get to his office. Put them up all along here.
0: So that was really just to appease the candidate. There was no other strategy behind that.
1: Well, the instruction in that case actually came from the finance director and not the campaign manager, and I'm pretty sure they were doing morning call time, and the strategy was, let's get him feeling really pumped and really good about himself, so that when he starts call time, he's in a really good place. So, <laughs> you know, there there was some strategy to it, from the it's, staff side, at least.
0: It's an ego boost for, for the candidate, uh, make them feel good about themselves, seeing the signs. Do you think that this, this, these have any effect on uh, turnout or support at, at any level? Um, like, is a sign even a way to sway an opinion of an undecided voter or uh, convince a voter who may not be that excited about voting in general to get off their couch and go out and cast the ballot?
1: So, this is going to be a really unpopular opinion among campaign professionals. But I'm gonna go with yes,
0: okay. Uh, tell me why.
1: I so two things. I think there's pretty solid data that I've seen from Analyst Institute that shows that um folks that that in very small races where name recognition matters, that signs help. I think that there is also a psychological thing that's, um, that sh- shows itself in both large and small campaigns where people wanna vote for the person that they think is gonna win. Um, so you see that in like the way that like um, last minute deciders tend to break for the winner um, and, and sort of regardless of what the poll margins are going into the race. The late deciders tend to break for the winner, um, and then I think um, something my mom said to me a few days ago. Um, we're talking on the phone, and she's talking about how you know during COVID she's getting to know her neighbors better, and she says to me, "You know, there's no Trump signs and also no Biden signs on the block so far," and I think um, that that really speaks to the fact that yeah, like if if you see a sign on the median by the side of the road on the highway, that doesn't mean anything to you. But if you see that your neighbor who, you know, always takes the time to shovel your walk too, or the person who you always thought had maybe different political leanings, but they've got a surprising sign in their yard. um, I think that especially in rural areas, Yard signs can be a form of relational organizing.
0: Absolutely, uh, I I'm glad you brought that up. That 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 actually brings me to brings me back to a couple things that I, I learned um, on the on the campaign trail in, in rural and in more um, suburban areas. Um, now, candidates and volunteers tend to think, let's put signs at every single intersection that we can find, mm-hmm. um, let, because that it's going to get the most visibility of people driving by, but then again, that is really no better than a sign. That's just on the median, right? It's just a visible thing that everyone sees, but that doesn't necessarily indicate support level. Now you see that your neighbors in your cul-de-sac across the street have signs. Uh, you see that neighbors in a, a court, like a whole court might have a, a an approved lawn sign in their, in their um, lawn. Now mm-hmm. that, that shows grassroots level support. Uh, and, and like you said, for, for those down ballot races, uh, for when name recognition is important, or you just really don't know that much about the, the candidates at all. You're on the fence. Uh, but like you said, your neighbors across the street who you like and get, a, get along with, they, they know who they're voting for and they've got a sign out there that that is enough to, to sway a, a voter in, in a close election you know, you brought up a study and i was reading in, into a scientific study and i found the article on political from a few years back now lawn signs are generally seen as uh, ineffective for races that um are you know much bigger and are are kind of far apart as far as um you know the the margins of, of how close the, the race is uh, but they found that lawn signs uh, can sway about 1.8 percent either way uh, of of an election. So that doesn't sound like much when you've got yeah it, it's it's a ton a ton for a close race because a lot of these local elections are are decided by a very small margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in in New Mexico, our state rep race uh, that we did down there. Um, that's a down ballot race it was it was high profile for a state ledger race but it's it was a presidential year. The votes were decided by less than ten people per precinct
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean that's razor thin so one point eight percent um mm-hmm. that's huge for close races which uh these small races typically are and these are uh, these are important races your your county commissioner your your um your state legislator your city council person like these are these are going to affect your everyday life, you know, even all the way down to the school board. I mean, everyone wants education reform. They want to have a, they want to have a plan for education during Corona. Like, Who do you think is going to approve those plans? It's not going to be uh, people in Washington. It's going to be people in your County.
1: It's and, and a lot of the time it's not even going to be your mayor or your County executive. It's going right. to be, like very locally, your school board.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely.
1: Um, Since I'm working for AFT right now, that makes me just want to plug, you know, a reminder that even if you don't have kids in public schools, they are educating your future workforce and your future, you know, fellow citizens and fellow voters, so um, it's, the school boards are really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we can have a whole different uh, conversation about that for another episode. So any last thoughts uh, about lawn signs, about the, the the silliness behind them before we uh, end here?
1: Um, I don't think so.
0: Okay, all right. Well, Ray, I really thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. We hope to have you back on here soon. Uh, there's a ton of different topics we can go about and, and you've got some good experience and some good insight on the ground that uh, that's going to be really helpful moving forward. And yeah, really excited to talk to you again here. Uh, Ray Sailor. everybody. Bottom of the Ballot is produced and recorded in our studios in Brooklyn, New York. Audio today was provided by Locks Beats. If you have any stories, issues, insights on down-ballot races that you love to share, feel free to reach out to me at podcast at gmail.com.